podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is A View From The Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 3rd of January, 2023. Happy New Year. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and all your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, five games, 10 points returned by the Belfast Giants, plus retirements, unretirements, and some new faces. Or a new face. Uh, we'll get to the games and like shortly. If you're watching live, get your questions in for Tyler Beskarowani and Josh Roach. No, they're not listening to an old podcast from 2018. Get your questions <laughs> in for Josh Roach and Tyler Beskarowani, who will be joining us later in the show. It's play of the month time, and the games ahead are for in the Challenge Cup on Wednesday night, and a couple of games at the weekend against Dundee. Mister Magenty, happy New Year! Happy New Year, Patrick. And keep them well. Good, good brick. It was lovely. It's always, it's never a bad time to go home. Love going back to Northern Ireland, of course, and spending time with mum and dad and family and stuff, and getting spoiled by the Belfast Giants because I was down at the rink a lot with Simon. Big shout out to Sam Kitchen, by the way, who came the whole way to Dublin to pick me up and bring me home. Um, me and Ruby and Lily, and uh, then dropped us off and went straight to the rink with them so dropped the kids off at my mom's and went just be just going down to practice be back shortly um yeah, how were the girls on the ice that looked amazing mate, that that was so much fun as well because um they had like a a family and friends day they they actually had an altercation on the ice which actually <laughs> did it get spicy it got spicy so who, 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 did, who did lily hit <laughs> ruby of course um taff taff had i'd, I'd scared it into the off to the locker room and said look if you got a stick that lily could hit a puck about with i said yeah no problem got her got her we stick cut down i just got out and ruby wanted to go with it of course and lily wanted it back and i turned my back and turned back around and they were literally just oh, <laughs> punch punch in the head clean off each other but it was it, it was so much fun. We are we are very very fortunate in the position that we're in, that we get little perks, and one of them to go down and spend the morning skating just on the rink with the kids was just it was one to remember. It was really really great. Brilliant. Before I come to you, Joe, just a quick shout out to Campbell Porter, who's got up early to watch a view from the bridge from down He's under still in Australia, living the yeah, dream, so mate. So middle of summer, Australia. Yeah, not too bad. And uh, how are you, Joe? Happy New Year. Yeah, having your boys, Boston all good cap here. because of yesterday's uh, uh, Winter Classic. Is that what it was? Uh, I, I saw some uh, I saw some tweets about the position of the rink in in Fenway. It did look a little bit strange, um, but I thought Fenway's been used for that. Uh, there was a, the Fenway Bowl only a few weeks ago, and then the Winter Classic Cruising today. Fenway. So it's nice to see some teams winning at Fenway Park. That's that's nice, just for, for a <laughs> change. That's a different conversation for a different time. Yeah, Christmas. Yeah, white teams. 
Yes, unfortunately, Paddy thinks. Um, a lot of, I turned into Handy Andy this Christmas. We've been painting and building furniture and getting the nursery mm. sorted. And the Tesco man just arrived about half an hour ago there with a shipment of nappies. So it's getting very real. Um, but otherwise, you're, 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 tell you what, you're getting it in early. It's like months yeah. away yet. The fact I you know. even got the nursery done, like to put it in perspective, I'm moving all of this through that wall to what was the nursery. It's going to become my office. That's nice. the stage we're at now. The fact in this in this current economic climate that you've got money to buy nappies in advance is just like I don't don't have money to buy anything else after the nappies. Like it's just allocation of very limited funds. I've got no choice, mate. Are you going to argue (laughs) with a woman who's six months pregnant? Because I'm not. (laughs) No, no, sir. Right, we've got a few things to cover. We've got the, the retirement of Kevin Ray and we've got the arrival of Donovan Niles, which we'll come to later on in the show and we'll talk about those. What we're going to do, because coming up, like I say, we've got Tyler Beskarani coming in about 10 minutes' time. We have Josh Roach coming shortly after that as well. A little bit of that to catch up on. We're, we'll do our best now to catch up on the five games that took place hmm. between our last show and this show. So if I just bring up, start running a few video files that Mr. McGuffey <coughs> has kindly prepared. And we'll start off with the game that took place at the SSE Arena back on the 22nd. 22nd. Of 22nd of December, which was the game against the Fife Flyers. Uh, that's not that one, Patrick. Or that one, Patrick. That one, Patrick. There we go. Pull that one, the right one. An 8 0 win. A comprehensive 8 0 win for your Belfast Jets. Oh, obviously, still got the sign on. Yep. Sorry, the uh, Nate Nilwyn for your Belfast Giants. Uh, the goals coming from Steve Ari, who uh, got a quick hat trick in the what 11 minutes. Only Scott Conway sort of piercing that to make it a 4 0 by the end of what, yeah, 11 21. David Goodwin, Ben Lake with two, and Gabe Bast round out the eight scores. Uh, nothing for five. I'm just going to run through the scores for the other games. Um, on the 26th of December, we beat the Glasgow clan. Uh, in overtime in Glasgow. Uh, McLean, Partland and Dunbar were the scores for the clan. Soy, Hook, Foley and Goodwin for the Belfast Giants. It was back the next day to the SSE Arena where the Giants were built more comprehensive with a 6-3 victory over the clan. Cooper, Conway, Hook, Lake, Conway again and along with an empty letter we are six goals for the Giants. McPartland twice and Cowney for the clan give them their three then we had two back-to-back games against the five flyers 29th of december a 3-1 win to the sse arena lake garside and Joubert, uh with phillips the only scorer for the flyers and then back the other way a 7-2 win in kirkcaldy for the giants we up bast lake gilbert foley conway and hook and so what seven different scores rebel and kivari with the scores four five Whew. Take a deep breath. Take there, your five games that took place. Yeah, the five games that took place. We're going to run all these together as a bit of a chat. And Davy, I'll start with you. Um, where do you want to start on this? Because the Giants were comprehensive in this game against the Five Flyers. First, first period against Five blew them away. Five didn't turn up. Did not just didn't show up off the boat. Um, felt sorry for Todd Dudium. I think he took either time out after the second or third goal, which was right, really, really early in the game. We came out. We got an early power play. Scored. Um, I think we scored shorthanded as well, and even on the shorthanded one, like okay, they're they're pressing because they've got the the extra man. I think it's Kevalati doesn't even make any kind of attempt to to go on any sort of back check. The Giants go through and score. Um, game was over shortly after the ten minute mark. A game, eleven minute mark. A game. I think I would have been four 0 maybe whenever 
um, Steve already got his hat trick goal because he said it was punctuated by a Scott Conway marker. Yep. Just a dreadful, dreadful <clears throat> performance from Fife. And yes, they came out in the second period and put a lot more effort into the game. I think that period was probably tied nothing each. A um, couple of big saves from Peyton Jones through the game as well to, to keep that uh, that crucial goose egg for him. And um, a really, really comfortable clinical win, if you like. We did all the hard work done in the first period and then, you know, game over. We were able to, to manage the clock then for large periods of the game. The I'm gonna just Joel take this where you want because obviously we got the five games to talk about, so don't don't be afraid just to jump about. But what I'm gonna move it on to as well is just the two games against the Glasgow clan. The first one in particular, very, very close, obviously going to overtime, and um Dyson seems to put in the back of his own net to finish it off, which was uh which was great. Um but uh the clan struggling again. Yeah, they're struggling. I mean, they, to be fair to them, they've narrowed the gap at the at the foot of the table, but you're looking at was it something like six regulation wins and and close to thirty games played now. You know, it's it's a team who might as well just uh, the old the old expression. You know, wrinkle it up and throw it in the bin. Um, you know, it's the the season is is probably a bit of a lost cause for the Glasgow clan. Like, you know, Davey talked about it there. You know, we we, we absolutely sent ourselves into this first game of round of five over the Christmas period. It's a very difficult period usually because of the the congestion, uh, the number of games that that happen just in, in quick succession. Um, whenever you're talking about a five-game spell where we scored like 28 goals and, and, and won them all, absolutely nothing to complain about. I probably would temper it with a, a bit of sort of keep, keep the heads level. Um, and it's no disrespect to who we played, but that, I mean, that first five game, they rolled over and let us tickle their bellies like, and they weren't much better in, in the, the two that followed. Um, the, the other two games were against the Glasgow clan team that are... Uh, they've spent most of the season in free fall, you know, despite the, the odd kind of win here and there. And, and then a trip to, to Coventry, which, to be fair, was a good win in a difficult building. But you have to look at, at the, the nature of the opposition there, um, you know, and, and it's not to take away from the Giants who needed a run and who scored freely. You know, 28 goals in five games is a brilliant return against any team. Um, but, you know, a run of five games, only two of them on the road. Five of them were against the two weakest teams in the league. Um, t- temper it with just a wee bit of sort of uh, of, of level headedness. We've still got a lot of challenges ahead, um, but but it was a, it was a superb return. You can only play what's in front of you, and, and we certainly did and did very well. Put up the wrong video there. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. Where's the Glasgow Clown one? That's the one. Um, I thought actually, David Glasgow, considering the amount of players and they've lost over recent times we're putting up a good fight over those two games one big christmas game at home call it the dark you know like it's a the annual christmas classic now where we go there they come here good following from from our lot there good following from their lot to here um you know if they can't get up for those two games you know, and, and you come to Belfast, everybody gets up for a game in Belfast. It's the old Man United syndrome to talk about or the Liverpool, whatever. You know, teams get up for coming to the for coming to the Odyssey, the SSA. And I thought that <coughs> you know the Giants did okay. We we let it was Peyton Jones, I think, in Nets in Glasgow. Um, we maybe let him down a little bit defensively and got ourselves in a 3-1 hole. And that that's a bit of character in itself coming back in the third period from 3-1 down to tie the game up and then win it in overtime. And I think we had the four on three par playing over time. Nearly sure we did. I think it was scored with the extra man. But, you know, a bit of a character win to go there, especially day after Christmas. You know, like with yeah. everybody's human. I'd like to think these guys let their hair down a little bit over Christmas. Um, we didn't have a game from the 22nd until um, the 26th. I think some boys got away for a few days, you know. And so the hair, you know, and 
travel where they are and what was a rough and awful day. So <clears> it, it takes a wee bit to get in that game. So to come out of there, even though they're bottom of the league, there is still parity in this league. You know, and the old cliche of anybody can beat anybody in any given night. If Clan have won a few games across the season and they'll and they'll take some more games down the stretch. But I'm, I'm with Joel in this. I think it's a bit of a lost cause and 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 even trying to get that eighth position. So it's difficult for those players to see the change captain there. Um, and to uh, don't want to steal any of Joel's news for later, but to see that Craig Peacock is now the captain of the Glasgow clan. So, um, sorry if if that is news. Um, there isn't any. You know, don't worry about it. So, so, so they're so they're so they're changing stuff up and. Uh, to see what see what you know throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks so you know belfast giants had to go in there and do a job and then coming home the next day you know both teams traveling on the same day still tired after the christmas period uh, and to come out and and win you know more comfortably than it seemed we we got ourselves into a real strong position and then sort of <laughs> um, almost threw it away and then came back with that that goal by scott conway to think it's to make it five three is just an absolute beauty you know yeah. we scored some really really pretty goals and that's a lovely, pretty goal from Dyson Stevens. Have yeah, you ever seen an OT winner you can't, you can't like teach that? You can't teach finishing <laughs> like that. That is just instinctive, man. Absolutely instinctive. You can't teach it. But then we had one from Kieran Long there the other week. He scored from 175 feet. Unfortunately, and his own net as well. Um, when we were pushing, but <laughs> never seen anything like that. Look, it happens. You stick a stick in there. He doesn't have a choice not to make that play. He doesn't make that play. He's not playing. So it's yep. it's unfortunate. But good good luck us but uh yeah and then coming home the following day and, and getting the 6-3 win was probably um you know two good wins against against a clan team that had something to play for in those two games uh, obviously as well what came from those glasgow clan coming back in the r bar and they they fought so hard joel and they and, and came up short obviously with that dyson stevenson finish which you know Darwin Nunes would be glad with, but the, <laughs> it's 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 it it it's remarkable where it came, and also the amount of wailing and gnashing of teeth that came out of Glasgow following that game about you know activities regards to the fans. It was quite entertaining in the end. Very oh. funny. I, I I absolutely love this stuff. Honestly, I, 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 the entertainment of sitting back and watching people go at each other on Twitter. Uh, now that I'm a little <laughs> bit older and don't get involved directly anymore myself, it's just just pure entertainment. It's it's what it's what it's what uh, we're all here for. Um, I think some... it, I think I said. So I just said just you know, no, no. Davy. I think I said as well. It, I'm just glad that Twitter wasn't around in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we would have been cancelled many times. Over the term cancelled didn't so exist have... back then, but you would yeah. have invented it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that said, you, you said it about that OT uh, winner, uh, uh, Stevenson, wasn't it? That, that chipped that yes. idea as well. Net. Right, you know, it's it, that's going in regardless. Though I'm not sure which which white jersey of ours is it is it the the back door, but you have to just put your stick on that and try and make a play. I think he tried to he knew where he was, tried to kind of lift it and just didn't get the angle on it. But I think that's going in regardless, even if he was to leave that. So um, it's it's visually very funny. It's not quite the same as uh, picking a puck up and throwing it into your own net, a la. Rob, was it Rob Dowd did that? No, who was it? Which Steeler did that? Uh, no, it, you, you it, had um, you it was Ben O'Connor who just picked oh, on the, plate for um, the Colin Shields. You're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah, a, a great time. Uh, not quite as hilarious as that, um, but but it's up there. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, the the clan came back over uh, into Belfast. Uh, we uh, again, I think, do we steam ahead? We we were what, four four one up four after one, the four one, yeah. second period. Um, they they pulled a couple of goals back, but. 
it's again it's a game that i never really thought we were in any great danger of um you know and, and i don't want to i feel like i should temper what i said earlier by saying i don't want to take away from a really really excellent stretch of five games and uh committed kind of offense uh superb uh without the puck the giants the the, the aggression on, on their sort of four check i think the aggression that we show on the penalty kill is really enjoyable that's something that i'm enjoying more than enjoying more than than in previous seasons watching that that penalty kill unit go to work we really really choke teams whenever they're trying to get something going on the power play um and you, you can see now the the rewards for for that kind of relentless pursuit of the puck whether you know in possession and, and going for goal or not and trying to win it back or even a man shorthanded and to me that's ma- mainly the sort of the theme that's ran through the the last uh the last five games i love the if you think back to Adam keeps saying the only way we dig ourselves out of what was a, a fairly small slump, to be fair, if, if we're on the trajectory that we're on now. Um, he said the only way out of that is to work. Hard work is is the solution to, to getting us out of this. And you can see it in, in the way that everybody on that roster is playing the game at the minute. Um, I also think that the Giants look like they're enjoying it more as well. I mean, Scott Conway will enjoy scoring goals no matter what. You know, you, you could put a puck in a back garden and, and give Scott Conway a stick and he'll enjoy sticking it in an app. But um, I, I just think that there's a... <clears throat> There's a togetherness there's an energy in the team right now and hopefully that this momentum could be carried into what i think will be more difficult fixtures in, in the month ahead um there's there's two against nottingham coming up which obviously they're not having the greatest season but those games are always chippy um, and there are much bigger challenges that lie ahead and let's wrap this section up quickly with just talking about those two games against fife davy 10 goals for three goals against um certainly the one at home fife put a, a lot bigger battle than they did in the 22nd just some whatever seven days earlier actually um they totally mailed in the the eight nil game so they had to come out with a bit more for their coach which they did but we were i I still think it was comfortable enough when we went away seven two it's not that it flatters us so much we put we really put the foot on the throat in the second period and we got those really three four quick goals that just put them out of the game overall like you look at the stats that you know it was a much much closer game than the seven two but sometimes you get those blowouts and it's great that it was was our turn to get it we've talked you know ad nauseum over the the last three months that somebody's going to get the gully as our slipper whatever it was i said <laughs> and unfortunately for fife you know seven eight days apart they got seven eight knocked past them bass when we go we we really go and and i just thought it was a really strong performance in front of them. like you, you talk about that clan there about being really good offensively like they came back to four three and i can't remember whether it's coops or somebody comes up with a massive block they've thrown everything at us um, they're probably looking to, to pull Muse at this stage. There's only a couple of minutes of the game. Somebody's made a big block and it's broke. And, and Collins has gone up the ice and I think he's faked half the half the stand, even behind the net. He thinks he's going to shoot and everybody goes for the shot and he, he just carries it on in there <laughs> and, and pops it over Muse. And boys, does he love a celebration. But brilliant. I think that, you know, as, as Joel said, temper things slightly, don't get too high. You know, it was five games, great, great. Um, scheduling by whoever does the 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 fixtures for the giants there to, to come up with those games around that christmas period probably suited everybody travel wise but um they get that little run eight in a row now gets that little bit of confidence there's been a lot of goals going in defensively we've been really strong and we've talked about the offense from defense still talked about it in the last podcast about the number of shots from defense versus offense and like Gabe Bass, Will Cullen, you know, they're coming up with eight, nine shots on goal per or shots on shots off goals per game. Um, Sammy Reops came up with a couple of big goals in, in December as well. So we're getting a lot from the blue line as well, which is great. Can only be good going forward. And we're obviously going to come on their goal situation, which is just as, as strong as I think it's ever been. 
Paddy, just yeah, really we've quickly, got can... Tyler Brescarani waiting in the wings, Joel. Sorry, um, can we just tip the cap quickly to uh, to everybody on the marketing team, everybody behind the scenes for the oh, yeah. crowds that were in that arena Unreal. for Christmas? Wasn't that unbelievable? I, I, was incredible. Getting, I was getting texts from people who were probably casuals, the people that would go maybe to a few games a year. Um, and I don't know who they thought I was, but they were like, man, I can't get two seats together for the Giants game tonight. Can you help me? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> I can't. Um, but I really think even if we if, if we would have uh, logistically even been able to have those East tiers, I, I'd say that they would, we would have filled them. Those were sensational crowds. And um, all credit to the, the marketing team and everybody who works behind the scenes at, at, the, at the trust and the arena for, for making that happen. Um, the, the Giants games over Christmas were seen as the sort of go-to family nights out, I think, for people who were off work. Yeah. Um, and, and it's catching that crowd. You know, you, your your well runs dry whenever you you sort of think of diehard fans of hockey in Belfast. Uh, there are many of them, but if you want to fill an arena consistently, you've got to tap into that market of kids off school, families looking a night out, and they are every bit as important to that arena and that team than the people who could talk to you uh, about the X's and O's. But it's just awesome. I'll, I'll come in the back of that, that if you take away the three home CHL games, which were, you know, late August, early September, and, and traditionally weren't going to be brilliantly supported just because of the time of year, we had our three, four Challenge Cup games. But if you take them aside and just go league games only, um, I think it was the night against, who got man match, Mark Garside. Um, so that was our last home game. Hundred, Just over 100,000 people have now watched the Belfast Giants home and away. Man. The Giants have played, I think it's now 28 or 29 league games and only like 12 of them at home. 60,000 people have been through the doors of the Odyssey so far this season. They're just some incredible numbers. I think our game against Fife last week was 6,500, 6,600. It was our biggest crowd of the season home and away. Eclipse and even I think when we played Sheffield, there was six and a half thousand. It was a bigger crowd. So like everybody in there that does that marketing, you know, says and Laura and all those people and the team around them, just incredible to get those sort of numbers through the through the door. And as you say, Joel, you know, ask for a ticket, not a chance. There's just none there to be had. I'm I'm no important. I can't help you. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely remarkable. And we're just a quick apologies to Tyler Besker running. We'll ask one more question here, Davey. Mark said getting two goals and man of the match. I've been. Yeah, I was going to say I've been blown as trumpet, but um, <laughs> like I've absolutely, I've always fanboyed over Gary. Um, I just think what he's done for the club, six hundred and fifty plus games, and you know, great to get his first goal this season. He he's been, you know, started <clears throat> season on days, played a wee bit forward. Um, when everything everything sort of lined up, we've been able to play the six on day. Gary's kind of been odd man out and playing a bit of a fourth line role, and we've been talking for weeks and weeks about need to take the pressure off Goodwin, Conway, Cooper, Ari, because we're not getting any secondary scored. And then when we're critical, there's nothing coming from the third line. And when we'll pop a fourth line up and Gary gets a goal, Davy Gilbert gets a goal, an assist, you know, and, and with anything, you know, 3-1 against Fife was tight enough game to the goals coming from the fourth line. So, you know, led by Gary Garside and can only say good things about this man. He's an absolute legend for me. Yeah, the reaction from the guys as well was fantastic. Yeah, and no man deserved it more. It was lovely to see. That's, I think that's the five games roundly covered, gentlemen. The highlights in those games, of course, coming from uh, Clan TV, Giants TV, and Five Flags. <coughs> we'll have theirs up in short order, I think. Um, thanks to Davey for cutting those goals. Right, we move on. And uh, we're delighted to welcome back a man who last time he was on the show said this. <laughs> I always get to do these sort of sad wrap-up interviews. And a couple of years, or maybe more, 
ago, I got the interview Chris Higgins when he decided the the Belfast Datsuk decided to hang up, and he said, "Never say never, David. They come back, but is it never say never, Besco, or is it going back to being Tyler again?" Um, no, I I told Keeper it was never say never, and uh, obviously, you know, looking back at Higgy, he he obviously came back for a, a short stint, and so. Um, it, it, it's about 99% and never again, but, uh, that being said, you know, there's always that 1% chance where, where something happens or, or a good time in, in the, the work schedule out here now and, uh, make something happen, but it's, yeah, it's not, not, not looking good. I wouldn't hold my breath on it. As someone who works with stats, we're just looking for one percent. You just, you know, that's, that's that's all we do all day long. So, um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll take that one um. percent chance. Welcome back, well, Tyler Besker. Well, well, so you're saying there's a chance? How are you? We're gonna have to start announcing these a little earlier here. This jet lag is killing me right now, fellas. Are oh, you no. done? When did you get in? uh yesterday morning but uh the big guy had a rough night last night there so uh yeah fe feeling the the effects of it today so how's this come about tyler what's brought you back see i said tyler oh, yeah it was uh honestly it was quick i think it was a span of maybe two or three days talking to Kiefer about it um yeah i got the itch i probably got the itch to come back um, about a month ago, I played in the hockey tournament with uh, Slater Doggett in Toronto, actually. Oh, Doggett. Yeah, so he asked me to go out to a tournament and play for his, his corporate team, which I wasn't expecting much, but turned out to be really good hockey. It was a bunch of, we, we flew in guys from all over the, the country, and other teams had a, another guy with, uh, you know, six years of NHL experience under his belt, so... Um, I wasn't uh, wasn't expecting that kind of pace, but it was really good, and uh, I felt pretty good. So, got the itch again, and then Kiefer reached out to me, um, asked me, you know, asked me if I was if I wanted to come back, and he said, "This is what we have to offer you." And then I reached out. I think the turning point was, um, well, one of the turning points, I guess, was I reached out to Gary to find out, you know, what the team was like, what the room was like, if if there was a chance on winning any trophies again, because. You know, I didn't really want to come out here and waste my time and, and uh, for four months of work, right? So, um, no, Gary said, great group of guys again, great dressing room. Um, and uh, so, yeah, as he said, you know, the league's up for grabs right now. And I think I think Guilford had a few, few points more, maybe uh, 13 or 14 points ahead of Belfast at the time. And he said, it, it's a streaky league they're they're bound to blow up at some point and i think they've lost their last three now so um you know it's we're, we're right there we're six points back which which is exactly what i was looking for and, and you know going out and winning another trophy or two and so um we put our the teams put themselves in a great position to do so and so i um i had a few things to to work out back home with work and and whatnot but uh yeah everything just happened to, to pan out and the stars aligned and here we are Tyler, let's um, just go away from the rink ever so slight for a minute. How's the family getting on? Family's good. Family's out here. Um, that was that was a big thing on coming back. My uh, Sarah's been bothering me for the last what five months now. Is you sure you don't want to go back? Are you sure? You don't want to go back? <laughs> I know she's on board for this, so that was uh, that was pretty key. And then 
you know, Austin's obviously loving it. You're, you're, the YouTube views are going to take a hit now. There, he's every morning he wakes up and asks to watch the Giants highlights. So, um, I think I can <laughs> recite the the sudden death videos uh, by heart now. So, um, so sorry, sorry for that, but uh, no, he's, you know what, he's at a great age right now, or he's excited to go to the games and stuff. So um this is a lot of this is going to be for him you know he's really going to enjoy watching the games and the last time we were here I think he was a little young to understand yet um you know I tried to skate him around the ice once and and he was in tears the whole time so um I think he'll understand a little more I actually been taking him out skating a few times now back home so um he's slowly grasping it so um no we're we're excited everybody's happy to be here excited to get going and uh, watch some hockey and and you, as you say there, Sarah wanting to come back just makes it so much easier decision for you. For sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like I have to try to convince her to come or, or you know, pull her from, from anything back home. Um, we've been, you know, we've been on this road before. We know what it's all about. And so a uh, shorter period of time. I think a big thing, too, for us is we were able to spend holidays at home. Um, we haven't been able to do that for a few years now. So, uh, to be able to do that and, and see our family and have Christmas with Austin and, and his grandparents and stuff. So, um, it was, it was important for us to get that done. And so we, we did it. And, um, yeah, she's completely on board. She, she loves the atmosphere, loves the game and she hates the cold. So that was, uh, it was, it was easy to get out of Canada at this time of year. Hitting the cold, so you come to Belfast, buddy. Uh, you, you might, you might want to first of all. You're saying you're jet lagged. You might, you might want to check your bags because I have a sneaking suspicion that you're going to find Sarah's mom tucked up in one of those. Like, <laughs> we're 100%. we're going to have to check through the luggage to to make sure that Sarah's mom's not in there with a torch, just waiting to jump out. Um, Vesco, it's it's good to see you. First of all, um, we're, we're all delighted to have a, a friendly face back and, and someone who means so much to the organization. And um, it's it's interesting to me anyway. You know, whenever you're you're mentally in that in that position where you're like yep i've done my bit i'm gonna go home spend some time with the family check out not have to do the work that is involved and in, in keeping the body consistently ready to play hockey how hard is it to jump back into that not just mentally but also physically you know the goalies especially right because like and especially goalies that are a million feet tall it must take some work to get that flexibility back just the, the your joints playing ball with you especially after a career that's gone you know the, the a number of years Talk me through what it's like, you know, mentally, how do you get there? And physically, what's the work like to get ready to play again? Yeah, it's, um, I, I've, I've been keeping busy back home. So the transition back hasn't been too difficult so far. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, obviously you feel like the tin man out there the first time you go back out and, and strap the pads on. So, uh, but no, you know what, it's, it, so far, so good. The the hand eye takes a little bit of time to come back. Uh, uh, the lungs are there. The legs are there. You know, I've been, like I said, I've been keeping busy. I, I was on the ice uh, five, six times a week. So, um, you know, the, the skates, skating and stuff and just feeling good on my feet have, have never really left. So, mm-hmm. um, no, I, a lot of it has to do with hand eye stuff and, and just getting a feel for your posts and your angles and stuff like that again. So, um, but mentally, I think, uh, having that rest definitely helped and physically, I guess, really just, just resting up and, and feeling good again and, and not being, you know, overwhelmed with long seasons and long years and being away from home and all that stuff. And just decom- having that time to decompress and, and really 
being able to get going again, you get that excitement back and you, you know, you get the butterflies when, when you're ready to go again. Right. So makes yeah. it easier. You're obviously coming back into uh, to a roster that, that has, you know, uh, Peyton Jones, Jackson Whistle and, and Dicko in there as well. What's the dynamic like in, in coming in? And, and there will now, I guess, never be more competition uh, for, for that spot on, on game night. Um, is there a healthy competition there? Uh, is it something you're aware of coming into your room where, where you're joining midseason? Yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just there to help out any way I can, really um obviously it's going to take me a week or two to get back into it and so um like i said for for this next little while before i get going and getting games um you know i'm I'm there to help out any way i can whether it's mm-hmm. you know having to go out and, and help them out or if they want to do video or advice or whatever it may be right so um again it's i think it's all about the team it's all about the team success and and mm-hmm. so uh, however we're able to get that done, whether it's with me between the pipes or not, uh, I'm here for it, right? So I, like I said, I just want, I just want that team success. I want to win those trophies and, and however we get there, I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. I'm going to take a question. Oh, sorry, David, do you want to come in there? I, I was just going to ask on, on just on that subject, like having a young, West is still relatively young, but having a young guy coming through like Peyton Jones to, to sort of mentor and, and give advice to it and, be a, be a signing board from that so it's going to be massive for him as well yeah and i hope so i mean for for him to you know i've, I've been around the league i've been through europe already so um you know i'm i'm always open to help out whoever it may be uh, i've i've had mentors in my my career that helped me out immensely you know i've had uh andrew raycroft as a goalie partner um you know guys like that now store richard bachman they've, they've all played in the nhl for years and you know, they've helped me out along the way. Even in Europe, I had, um, i trying to think of his name, though. Um, anyways, a guy in Germany my first year where he ended up getting injured. And Gud- Gubford, that's his name. He's a goalie coach with, uh, I believe, Pat Dwyer now. But anyway, so he, I showed up to Germany, and I was fairly young, and, and he kind of helped me out through the, the reins and, and just getting used to, to Germany and custom to the game out there. And so um you know hopefully hopefully Peyton can can ask me questions and and hopefully he can take a, a thing or two from this as well going to take a question from a group of people who'd be delighted to see as everyone is and that's the guys up at boomerang corner similar question to what we've had already saying you're welcome back and is is your approach coming this season different compared to seasons past or just the same especially if that dynamic is a strong net men team um it's a little different just coming in halfway through the year where everybody's kind of in mid-season form already. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having to kind of rush things a little more to try to get to that, that mid-season form where I, maybe I'm staying on the ice a little longer than, than beginning of the year. If I were coming at the beginning of the year. Um, but for me, my having three, four goalies here, nothing really changes in that sense and in, in preparation and stuff. Um, like I said, if, if I'm called upon, I'm there, I'm, I'm ready to go. If not, then, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to help out any way I can. If guys need their own net for shots, I'll go three goalies a net for practice. It doesn't really matter to me. So like I said, it's all about team success and, and whatever I have to do to make that happen. I mean, so, well, listen, we are delighted to see you as, as, um, 
as everybody has no doubt already shared with you. I'm personally would like to see you because um, we have a we have last season's Kingdom of the Giants Player of the Season award, <laughs> uh, the MVP, which you're saving us. You're not going to save us money that we would have to post it to you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for going back for that. Us, so thanks for coming back. We'll, we'll pass that on to you. We didn't get the, we didn't get that to you at the end of last season, so um, we'll we'll pass that on to you while you're back. So that's I'll let you guys listen. Pay for my uh, my oversized baggage on my way back. Then oh no, it's, it's not that big, mate. You've already, you've already got one. Speak the catch you already have one. Do, do, that, do, do you remember that Perspects thing you threw in the bin? That's just another one of those. Just another one of those. Just Man. give me the extra plaque. Send me with the extra plaque and I'll just stick it on the just, back just, end of it. It'll be good to go. Yeah, there we go. It's perfect. The most coveted award in hockey right there. <laughs> well, listen, we, we appreciate your time and uh, especially with the jet lag, get some rest and uh, we'll, no doubt we'll see you between the pipes soon enough. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you guys and good to be back. Cheers, Tyson. Nice one, mate. Take care. Big thanks to Tyler Beskarowani for joining us. And it's non-stop with the 20, uh, 2018-19 alumni. Because next up <laughs> joining us <laughs> is Josh Roach. How are you doing, Roachie? Gentlemen, I'm well. How are you doing? How are you doing, bud? Not, not too bad. How is it to have uh, your, your former netminder now back with you and Tyler Beskarowani? Yeah, it's nice to have another friendly face from uh, a pretty special season shared in 2018-19. So... There's uh, a few of us left, so hopefully we can kind of bring some of that experience to the squad this year. Coming back to yourself, how does how did the opportunity to return to Belfast uh, come to you? Uh, you know, since my first year here, Steve uh, Kiefer and myself have kind of just kept in touch um, throughout uh, the past few years, and um, some things changed on the home front on my end, and uh, the opportunity was still there to kind of rekindle the relationship with the Giants, and you know, I had a I had a great first year pro playing here so it was an easy decision to come back and kind of continue that process we were saying just the other week it's a, it's a credit to you especially coming up to christmas that you were able to just basically drop everything and come in and join us here in belfast and, and get on the blue line for us it was a it's fantastic from our point of view as, as fans and watching on but the, the, for the, you to take that opportunity was um really beneficial to the team yeah no it uh I think they would have liked me to be here a little bit earlier, but just kind of with things happening back at home, um, I had to kind of delay things for a week or two. But, um, you know, friends and family back in Saskatchewan were, were uh, pretty excited to, to have me kind of come back and enjoy playing the game that I love. So, um, like I said, it was an easy decision. And um, it's too bad I wasn't able to start the season here because coming halfway through, especially at Christmas time, it can be kind of difficult um, with guys having their own routines and, and the structure of the team and, the camaraderie and whatnot, but um, for me personally, it's been an easy transition, so I'm grateful for that. Josh, obviously, welcome back. First and foremost, we were, we were talking to uh, Tyler there earlier about how supportive Sarah was in his decision to come back. You know, she was she was bang up for it, and you're talking about the family back in Saskatchewan there. Just how and with genuinely with it coming up to Christmas, we were not surprised because you, you've been here before, but that's a big decision just to leave family and go away and have Christmas in Belfast away from family and friends when you could have probably still got the job if you'd said, yeah, I can come in three weeks. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, uh, with Besco and, and Sarah kind of being supportive, um, my family and my friends especially were kind of just like, you're crazy if you don't go back and, and keep playing. You know, you still got uh, the abilities and uh, use them before you lose them. So um it was a different kind of uh situation you know it was my first time it was the longest i had been back at home with friends and family since i started my pro career i got back um about a calendar year ago so um i think that kind of played into the decision where 
I had time to reconnect with with all those people that I kind of lost touch with along the way. So um, they were all supportive. Like I said, they were excited for me to get going. So that kind of made my decision a bit easier. And it's been a pretty good run since you came back. And I can't quite remember if your first game back was in the Manchester arena or not. Um, in the, first Dome. the first leg of the Challenge Cup against Nottingham. Oh, you played not. So played not and they, the, they went to Manchester, the yeah. So the wind wasn't and very good. We've went on a bit of a tear up here over Christmas. I think it's about eight in a row now. So it's been it's been nice getting your feet back onto the on the table, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. Um, nice, nice arena, nice facility to, to kind of get back into the swing of things, and then you get to play two games, bang bang, in Manchester and Coventry. So things happen a little more quickly in those arenas. Um, you don't have kind of the time to make the decisions like you do other places, but in a sense, that was almost better because you didn't have to skate as much, maybe. And uh, I think uh, the coaching staff knew that I was sucking wind a few times, so they they were smart in kind of load management and stuff like that. Ruchi, I went back to work today for the first time since the Christmas break, and the walk from the car park to the office, I was sucking wind. So you're probably you're probably <laughs> doing okay. Um, yeah, welcome back. As, as the boys say, it's it's really nice to see uh, you know a familiar face from a, from a team that's very beloved here in Belfast. You know, a lot of memories associated with that season. Um, I wanted to ask you just about your experiences of Austria. Um, you were obviously your your uh, your career up until you came to Belfast. What was in in Canada? Um, you, you were in U Sports with Saskatchewan. You never strayed too far from home. Um, and I guess the jump to Belfast, there were still the home comforts of having a type of English being spoken in Northern Ireland, something that you could vaguely understand after a little while. Um, the cultural jump to, to head into Austria and, and to play in, in Europe, what was that like? Did, did you enjoy it? It's a beautiful country, and, and I'm sure you, you got to travel in a way that, that some people can only dream. But did you, did you find it hard? Was it enjoyable? Um, what was Austria like? Uh, yeah, I was very fortunate my first year. We had, I think, probably 10 or so North Americans on the team. Our coach was North American. Um, and then most of the guys from Austria, like they speak extremely good English. Mm-hmm. So everything in the arena and through the, the sporting team and all of that um, was an easy transition. But um, the driving and the grocery shopping and trying to order food at restaurants and stuff like that was <laughs> a little bit difficult. So you kind of just like stick to your routine and go to places that you're comfortable with and whatnot. But like you said, Linz was, uh, it was a great city. It was a great spot. I have very fond memories of my time there. Um, obviously the last couple of years, um, with COVID and then just being injured were kind of, uh, a little bit difficult for myself, but, um, it's nice to kind of get back to a new normal back in Belfast where, like you said, um, a lot of new faces on the team, but as far as, you know, um, staff and fans and everything go, it's, uh, it's a breath of fresh air for sure. And just quickly, uh, we haven't obviously seen you since that whole uh, pandemic, that, that old thing. Um, <laughs> your experience of, of that, uh, what, what happened uh, from your perspective? It, it looks to me, just looking at your stats and your records, uh, that the, the season was quite a bit of the way through in 1920 in Austria. I don't know if they domestically start a little bit earlier because um, it looks like you had 50 games down before everything kind of either got shut down or wrapped up. Um, but what did COVID look like? Did you find yourself back at home like everybody else kind of going, uh, well, what next? Yeah, so that um, I played my first year and then we got cut kind of just right at playoffs. And then um, at the time being, that was kind of it. I had come to terms with that was kind of the end of my pro career. Right. Um, I went back to Saskatchewan and I started teaching full time. So I kind of just got into a new routine of life after hockey. And then the opportunity arose um, just after Christmas time, that following season to kind of go back and join the Black Wings. 
So things were still pretty quiet back at home, um, just with like lockdowns and stuff. So again, just talking with friends and family and they're like, at this point, I think you're crazy. Kind of not to go and give it another shot and um, see where it takes you. I, I, sorry, Patty. I just, uh, you said something that I'm fascinated by there. Uh, you, you went back and started teaching full time. You, you can't just drop that nugget and, and go straight past it. <laughs> uh, not the first Belfast giant to be in the classroom. No, Kevin Rain, I believe. Kevin Rain was also back in, uh, yeah, back in Canada teaching. What, what, were you, what were you teaching and, and to, to what age? Um, so I guess back in Canada, it's high school. So I think it's secondary here. So uh-huh. grades nine through 12. So anywhere between ages of like 14 and 18. Um, and then predominantly teaching English or like a history or social science kind of thing. So everybody kind of assumes when I say teacher, they think the physical education aspect. I do do that, but that's kind of uh, number three on my list of, of where I'm most comfortable, I think. I just got 20% stupider listening to Josh Roach today, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Patty, take it away. <laughs> you've come into this. Um, you've come in. You've come into this. Look, obviously, the last time you were here, you were with a fellow uh, Union of Saskatchewan alumni in Kendall McFall. You've come back into this locker mm-hmm. room, and you've got a, a, a friend in Sam Rupp there in the locker room. How, how how much is that? How beneficial is that to have a, a, a recognizable, friendly face? It's huge, you know, like I said, coming in halfway through the season, a lot of uh, players that I'm unfamiliar with, I think there was maybe only three or four from that first year in Belfast. So having Rupper here, just kind of being um, the big little kid that he is, made me comfortable immediately. And then just recently adding um, Donovan Niles, too, who's yep. a U of S alumni um, living with me and Tyler Soy. So kind of just having that SAS connection um, makes things a lot easier for sure. Yeah, what's um, oh sorry, sorry Patrick. Go All right, go no no go 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 go. You're the no person. no no absolutely yours. Take it. <laughs> what's it what's it been like, Josh? Um, playing you've been mostly probably tied up with Will Cullen there at the minute. Um, fifty five and seventy seven going together. Um, very offensive from the back end lately. You know you, you've Bast and um, Sam playing together, scoring a lot of points yourself with Cullen scoring a lot of points, and then we've we've. Just a mix-up there with Bomber and Gary and Longer and different ones. Somebody else is playing D there. I'm really sorry to them. <laughs> Mr. Foley. Fine. Fine. Matt Foley. Foley. Matt sorry, Foley. who scored plus Foley. 10 in December. Matt Foley has been brilliant on a plus minus plus 10. But yourself, plus eight, six points in this little, you know, section back. So you must be pleased with how it's going so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's honestly, it's been a great transition. Like it feels like I've been here the whole year. Um the guys kind of, you know, accepted me right away. Um, it's a younger team than my first year. So I think that kind of plays into it as well. Um, but yeah, just uh, a few games with um, Bomb, and I thought we had pretty good chemistry. And then halfway through one of the games when we were on our Scottish trip, um, me and uh, Colin got put together. So it was a bit of a transition just going from the right side to the left side. But, um, you know, we both uh, are offensive minded um, defensemen. So I think that plays well into kind of the style of game that we like to to play. But at the same time, I think it gives key for a few more gray hairs with some of the, the risky plays that we make and, and some of the odd mans that are going the other way. So if we can clean that up and kind of feel each other out a little bit more, I think um, we're in for a good second half. We were talking to Tyler there earlier and we we're talking about his and a kind of the mentoring role that not expecting, but I, I I can imagine that he'd be mentoring the younger goalies and, and like the Peyton Jones and Wes is a slightly younger. Um, yourself, I think about late twenties, early thirties now, and and you talk about the Giants getting younger, and we have been getting younger year on year. Do you take that responsibility of being one of the older guys? Like, I'm 
going to call you a veteran at this stage, but you know what I mean by that? You know, one of the guys who's been there, done it in North America, in Europe, and you, you know, those guys can lean on you if they want to chat about stuff. Yeah, I think so. You know, um, I kind of pride myself on kind of being approachable and, and just like friendly and just, you know, kind of keeping things light. And um, I feel like for a lot of young guys coming in and playing pro hockey, um, maybe they're not kind of contributing um, in the sense that they kind of thought they would um, coming from college or um, maybe pro in North America. So just kind of keeping things light and just like the ebbs and flows of how the game goes and stuff like that. And just kind of reassuring them that it's like you're here for a reason. Your game is good. It's like you're your own worst critic. So just stay the path. And most of the time, things kind of work out in your favor. Success breeds success. And, you know, gaining trophies and winning trophies and winning medals just drives your thirst on for more. And, you know, obviously tomorrow night we've got the game against the Nottingham Panthers. We're, we're goal down in the Challenge Cup, a trophy that we've been very successful in going right back um, and for many years now. Um, how is preparation for that game and how is your thirst for success? Obviously, yeah, you get a taste for winning and it kind of just becomes an addiction. And um, the team itself has had great success uh, over the past four years. Um, but in saying your approach to the game, I think it's, it's you know, it, obviously it's an important game with the aggregate. We're going down one nothing, But um, I think for most of the guys, it's kind of just the same as any other day, right? You, you got your morning skate and you kind of do whatever you need to do to get prepared for the game. Um, obviously it's nice playing that second leg at home where since I've been here, our fans, like they've always incredible, but just like the atmosphere, you forget how electric it is in the SSC, especially when, when we're winning games. So hopefully we get another crowd like we have been lately. Um, and we can feed off that momentum. And I think the biggest thing is just starting on time. If we get down another goal, then it becomes a little bit more difficult and you got to start taking risks. And, and that's a game I think that doesn't really play into our favor. I think if we can, stay to our structure and kind of do the things that have made us successful so far, then we should uh, come up with a W. Just lastly, on that point you've just made, how, how is it playing in front or how electric is it playing in front of the crowds that you have done in the last week or two? It's unbelievable. Like even, even in warmups, the amount of people that are in there, it just it gives you goosebumps. <laughs> and then when you're putting up um, a few goals right away and getting everybody in it immediately, you feed off that energy like the players, you know, maybe you don't when you're on the ice, you don't really know what's going on. Or you can't hear them. But when you get to the bench and you look around and it's like it's pretty surreal. And especially um, my first year back after COVID with Linz, there was no fans in the stands. So that was um, that was an adjustment in itself. So coming here where we have such a loyal fan base who, who just, you know, provide us with that extra momentum. It um, it really is a key factor in, uh, in a lot of the home game wins we get. And hopefully tomorrow will be the same and this weekend against Dundee, the same again. Josh, listen, it's good to see you back. Good to see another uh, Elite League Cup and uh, conference champion. Don't forget that conference. It was in there as well that year. Nobody does. The, nobody, nobody forgets that at our conference. The, uh, but it's good to see you back and, uh, and good, good luck for the rest of the season. Right on. Thanks, gentlemen. Cheers, Richie. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you. Great Thank to you see guys. Josh Roach back as well. <laughs> Thanks to both Tyler Beskarani and Josh Roach for joining us on this week's show. We're going to crack ahead, boys, and we'll have a quick chat about this month's Player of the Month for the month of December, sponsored by Phonacab. Your four nominees for the Player of the Month award are number nine, Ben Lake. Number 10, Scott Conway. Number 33, 
Hitting Jones. And number 55, Will Cullen. You're not watching the darts this is, a view from the bridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the poll will open on Wednesday morning and will go on until Friday evening with the winner being presented in the game against Dundee. Um, Joel, I'll start with you this time. Who are you choosing from that? You don't have a player to, um, to face this time. Yeah. yeah. Who are you choosing from that fourth? It's, it's brilliant to be free of the shackles of, of having one of the four staring right into my soul whenever I have to pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that you could really slip a page between this, these four. They've been... Uh, They've all been excellent. I think Peyton Jones has had a, a massive character month. Um, he's, he's answered a lot of maybe questions that he asked himself and questions that maybe some of the fans had too. Um, I, I probably, if I had my own choice, would have stuck Steve Irie in there as well for having an absolutely breakout month and scoring some goals. But um, I think Will Cullen for me, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. the, the obvious one is Scott Conway. Scott Conway is just Scott Conway. You know, the, the better players on our team, you could you could put them in every month for a shout and that's kind of the, the disadvantage they have. Um, Will Cullen has been a driving force behind that aggressive offensive defense that that I think has won us games lately. Um, He's been a a great addition to the Belfast Giants and he's had a great month, so it's probably Cully for me. Mr. Pajimsi, who is your vote for the Phonacab Player of the Month award? So I I back some of these um, nominations up with a few numbers. Nice. To go right back to what Joel said at the start there, Scott Conway is the most valuable player in this league born mm-hmm. on not the belfast giants roster talked about this with says over christmas norman you know is scott conway the best player in the belfast giants you know you no know, he's the best player in this league and you know eight plus nine with six of those nine assists being the primary assist on them he's been unbelievable 17 points plus six through december he scored some really crucial goals as well so Scott Conway, Lily would never forgive me if I didn't say something amazing. <laughs> and I'll, t- I'll tell you a little story about Scott Conway, how generous he is for this time. Lily was down at Lily's Scott Conway on the brain at the minute. She had a school teacher called Conway, so Scott Conway was her obvious choice. Before she'd ever seen Scott Conway play for the Belfast Giants, he was her favourite player. But little things that happened, you know, like he came past her at the locker room pretending he didn't see her and he was like, Lily, what are you doing here? You know, And just spent two or three minutes with a little girl that he didn't have to and and made her night little things like that mean so much to dads apart from their daughters so little things like that so mvp for that alone um ben lake you know, simon goes on about we'd all love a team of ben lakes eight plus 11 plus 10 on the month two or three game winning goals for ben lake through december he has been sensational been that That's that fair. line has lit up at times now that line has been Ben Lake, don't rule out how important Lewis Hook coming back into this roster alongside Ben Lake has been. Mark Cooper is, um, <laughs> this is a really drop down. Mark Cooper's came off the first line and played a lot with, with Hook and Lake. Longer's played with them. Steve Orry's played them. Orry's played up. Um, Mark Cooper's played in the first line. So there's getting chemistry. So we're getting that first line score. And we're, when they haven't scored, we're getting that secondary scoring from Ben Lake. Lewis Hook, Kieran Long coming up with his 10th goal this season. You know, so those guys have came up with really good numbers. Will Cullen in the back end, you've already talked about five goals, seven assists, 12 points. And you add in that he's mainly played in December with um, Josh Roach, who's six points of his own. They're getting so much offense from the blue line. And then you go into Peyton Jones, who after that <clears throat> wobble of the first game in December was the second game of the Manchester Storm doubleheader where they came into Belfast and beat us home and home. 
we, he's gone five five games on blemish. I think it was two shutouts and one point one nine goals against average, ninety four point six four save percentage. He has given us a chance to win in all those games, and we have won them. Um, so for me, it's funny we're talking at Christmas. We're dying. It was it was the game on the twenty second. Um, was dying at uh, morning skate, and and Taff was telling us that his. Uh, AIHL equipment, if you like, had only just arrived. So he'd played the first portion of the season in NHL equipment that he had from obviously his time in North America, which, if you don't know, is smaller than the equipment that they use in Europe. So he's been playing those from the CHL right through with like slightly smaller equipment. So he's got more comfortable in his new equipment. He's won five in the bounce. He had mile and match performances in the Odyssey over Christmas. He had a couple of wins on the road. I could vote for Scott Conway. I could vote for Lewis. You have to pick ben one here. Well, Colin, <laughs> I'm voting for number 33 this month, Peyton Jones. Nice. And from my point of view, for what it's anything that's worth, I can't. It's back it up with numbers, Paddy. Back it up with numbers. Come on. I'm not back it up with numbers, <laughs> up with numbers mate. I back it up. I back it up with heart, mate. I back it up with heart. <laughs> gut, gut feeling. Gut feeling. That's what I back it up with, mate. You know me. Um, <laughs> It's like the, these four have been uh, these four have been lights out. There's been so many, especially over the last month or so. Like I think about the pass from Will Cullen into Lewis Hook there in the game against uh, Fife. Was it? Obviously, it wasn't that memorable. No, it was against the uh, Glasgow clan at home from the right hand side on the power play. Put it in, just an absolutely brilliant pass into Lewis Hook, who was just standing top of the crease just to to bang, to bang it home. And um, and the, and the amount of movement that Cullen gives us coming over the blue line and the skill he has has been phenomenal. Scott Conway, the numbers are unbelievable. The numbers, I think, the numbers are on a par with um, Darcy Murphy in the season that he gave us uh, when he was scoring fifty and fifty. You know, he comes in lead leading. You know lead leading numbers, and every night gives us that opportunity just to get the points on the board. Um, Peyton Jones has been much much better much much i think it's best improved player from my point of view i think that uh he has been like the numbers you've just given <clears throat> excuse me davy have been lights out um over the last number of games and, and and the shutouts thrown in there but my vote goes to ben lake um laker has been consistently for me the hardest working the the, the most x-factor player i think to, to, to ding to, to coin a, a man formerly of this parish and um I think that Laker has been a player who every time he's on the ice has done something and has produced something and has given us and has created a number of wins um, in this term. So on that, Laker for me gets my vote, but it's it's you know it's a it's a cigarette paper between a lot of them because I think that those four in particular have been phenomenal. But there, like you said, there could have been four or five others in the nominations that have came through that could have gone into this poll, but only these four. We'll go on to tomorrow's vote. That is Ben Lake, Scott Conway, Peyton Jones, and Will Cullen. The poll will go live at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, go on to Friday, and the winner of the View from the Bridge Player of the Month Award for December, sponsored by Phonicab, will be awarded in the game after the game against the Dundee Stars. Big thanks to Phonicab, as always, for sponsoring the award. We've got two little bits of business to do. Um, first of all, uh, the arrival of Donovan Niles. Niles? Donovan mm. Niles? 
Is that right? I've I've listened really closely to to Sis on the on the comedy against Five Flowers just to try to get it right. But he arrives from uh, this is Slovak Extra Liga. Um, another player is mentioned earlier by Josh Roach on U Sports with Sam Rupp, Jesse Forsberg, Josh Roach, Kendall McCall, Kendall McFall, all U of S alumni. Twenty-five uh, year old sentiment from Grenfell in Saskatchewan, Davey. Um, and uh, he, I tell you what, he's actually started pretty well. Yeah. Um... Just needed to light a bit of a fire. We're obviously playing short bodied. It's funny how we we talked back in July, August about coming in and carrying two. How how fortunate we were going to be that we were going to carry two extra imports, and how that was going to be difficult for Kiefer going through the season because he was going to have decisions to make who to sit out, and then you lose Kevin Rain to injury. Chad Butcher goes back to North America. Other people leave. Tyler Shaw has been out injured. Um and, and you're still playing short come you know the new year. So it's a it's another body. Um it lights a fire on their people that you know if you don't if you are in in such a short body league in terms of you, you, you haven't got guys that you can just, just keep firing through. If you're not contributing on the score sheet, you better be contributing with hits, with blocks, with back check, with four check, with something. You've got to contribute something when you're on that ice. And if you're not doing that on the second line, when then you're going to be in the third line. If you're not doing that in the third line, then you're going to be in the fourth line. If you're not doing that in the fourth line, then Adam Keith's going to replace you. And this is the kind of the fire that gets lit. Now, Donovan Niles has came in. Um, he's in there with, um, who did he go with in the first night? Did he go with Steve Ory and David Gilbert in the first mm-hmm. night, I think, mm-hmm. that he played? Um, David Gilbert then went with uh, Mark Garside and Max Stewart, maybe it was, or Derek Angeli. I can't was, remember yeah. the next got, night. But, got the goal uh, off Garside's feed. Got got the gold, yep. Um, so it it brings a level of compete back into a roster because you're not playing short now. We're we're, we're playing fully rostered again. Um, Tyler Soy obviously still out injured, so he's going to want to get himself back in the roster as soon as possible. So it creates that level of compete, and I like that. Um, he's come in. He's got a bit of a CV. Um, he looks like he could be your the kind of you know a little bit of a physical presence that I think this team possibly needs. Um, but you know what we've seen so far looks good. I've been it's been quite a pleasing start from him. I think from my point of view, I'll come to you in a second, Joel. Is that Niles comes in and has looked solid in the games that he's played, especially when you hear a lot about how you know the market. You hear it from all coaches that the market is pretty shallow at the minute, and and trying to find the right players to fit. I saw a few things on social media after the return of Besco, saying you know Besco's back, Roach is back, we're pulling guys out of retirement, and blah blah blah. And maybe you know, it's, it, it, do we need Besco? And there is an argument to be had where Tyler Besco Ronnie is the player we need right now. You know, do we need somebody defensively? Do we need? Do we need? Or but, but I'll come to you in a second, David. But just that is is Tyler is Tyler something <laughs> that we need? You, you don't you don't turn it down a player to Tyler Beskarani. You don't turn him down if he if he's willing to come back. He's willing to play. He's not a player. that You say you're not the player we need right now. You bring him in. You integrate him into your locker room and you use him as you see fit. I think that's exactly what we'll get from Tyler Beskarani. We probably do need somebody defensively. We're going to talk about Kevin Rain in just a second, but we probably do need somebody defensively. But the market is the market, and you can't just go and pick these superstar players. We can't, we can't go and pick a Griffin Reinhardt just straight out of the out of the market and stick him into the middle, on the blue line because it's just not the case. We had the opportunity to bring back Josh Roach, another great player, put him on the blue line again. You don't turn that down. We know what Josh Roach can do. You put him on the blue line, and he'll do. And we've already seen the fruits of putting him there. Niles is a player who's come in and looked solid 
I think the next month or month or so we'll see just how good he is because we've brought players in at this time and they've been great. Look at look at our captain. Our captain came in at this time and is now our captain. You know, we we have we brought players in December before the deadline and they've absolutely turned out to be absolutely fantastic players. Some have turned out to be duds. Absolutely. But some have turned out to be fantastic players more often than not. And I'm hoping that now so sorry, Davy, I interrupted you before you were going to say something. No, no, I, I interrupted you and because you were talking about Besco and should should we have re-signed Tyler Besco or Wally? Um and this isn't being disparaging that just told you I'm going to vote for Peyton Jones as my player of the month and, and Jackson Whistle and him, I think, as as a tandem are probably as good as anything in this league. Tyler Beskarwani is an upgrade. And but Tyler Beskarwani just isn't an upgrade for the Belfast Giants. Tyler Beskarwani would still be the best goaltender for any team in this league. So if he's available, you, you gotta take him. And for Steve Thornton and Adam Keefe and all these players that you come on and interview them with, Whenever we left the Belfast Giants, Steve Thornton kept in touch with me. Adam Keith kept in touch with me, and they're yep. they're in they're in the Rolodex. And whenever you're looking for players, if there's not players out there, well, then you go back to the players that you've had here before. What are you doing with yourself? You know, you fancy a, you know, Josh Roach just came in and been re- has been really good. Um, I'm not sure whether I necessarily agree with you that we need someone to fancy because we have six strong D there, and we have Kieran Long and Mark Garside can also. So we have eight. I agree with you to the level that we need that type of. A Jim Vandermeer, a Griffin Reinhardt, that big, or a Ryan Martinelli, a big guy who'll yeah. just patrol the blue line. I used to love watching Griffin Reinhardt on the power play, and he would skate from point to point. And when teams teams couldn't clear the puck, that was Griffin Reinhardt on on the power play. And we don't necessarily have that. We use it was slightly different um, structure on the power play now without him. So yes, I agree in terms that a a, a huge six foot six, six foot five, two hundred and forty pound D man would be a really really nice addition. But the way we're playing at the minute, I'm having it. Um, I think we need that third fourth line scoring to be more consistent, and I think that's where Don, Donovan Niles keep going. Donovan, Donovan Niles comes in to put pressure on those guys that just haven't. But interesting what Josh Roach said about. Young guys coming through, and even not so young guys, guys that have been there, done it, that aren't scoring, maybe aren't contributing on the on the score sheet, and said about they have to do other things. That's when the older guys have to say, "Let me stick with what's got you this far in your career. Look at your numbers that you've put up in previous years, and do the things, do the professional things that has always got you. Do the professional things that's got you this point in your career that got you the job in Belfast. Stick with the process. Stick with Adam Keith's process. And if you do all that." it will come good for you. So, you know, I, I don't think we're that far off as a roster. Um, just a few guys just need to get hot. Joel, your thoughts on the fact that on the, I say the development of the roster and and the arrival of Donovan Niles. Yeah, look, I'm not going to add a great deal to, to that was a good chat, actually. I enjoyed sitting back and, and listening to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of of these college players that that have the kind of hunger and energy and just have a, just an extra bit of, of spice about them that, that the EIHL of old and, and maybe even before that maybe lacked whenever it was dominated by older pros who were coming down the other side of the hill, <clears throat> excuse me, who maybe played in the AHL or had NHL games. I love the the energy and the and the chaotic energy of, of, of these young guys coming in. Um, and, and Donovan now is what you've got as a player who played four years in the WHL. So, I mean, at a high-level major junior league, and it's, it's produced Jackson Whistle and, and, and a host of, of players that you know and love. But he also went into U Sports after that, which is why he's turning pro just a little bit later than, than what you would normally see. I think he's 25 now and he's in his... Uh, 
this is his first year pro, isn't it? Yeah, out of, out of university um, with a short spell in Slovakia. So even at a young age, you've rounded yourself really well there by having the experience of playing major junior, which is a little uh, a little more chaotic, a little a little more rough and ready, uh, and then going into youth sports and, and, and the discipline that goes along with that. So for someone who's just come out of, of that kind of uh, pre-pro level, he's, he's pretty well-rounded, and, and he's slotted in really well, I think, I mean, center in that third line is a is a workhorse role that, that you've got to really jump into and get up to speed on quickly. Um, midpoint in the season with a group of boys who know each other really well, and he hasn't looked out of place. So I think it's a it's a very smart acquisition in a in a market that's that's very difficult right now. Um, and players like that, when combined with pros who have done it and, and that are there in, in a in a mentoring role, is what rounds a, a team out. You need a bit of the wise older heads along with that young chaotic energy or else that energy is not directed in the right way. Um, I, I would call that a very smart pickup and, and I think he hasn't looked out of place so far. Well, we'll see what, uh, what comes in the, next, uh, in the next month or two. But again, getting these bodies in is fantastic. We are now going to turn to a sad point. Um, unfortunately, in the last week or two, the official retirement of Kevin Ray and a, a player who's with us five seasons on won multiple championships with the Belfast Giants and a fellow whose career both sides of the of the Atlantic has been phenomenal. You know, he's won championships here with the Belfast Giants. He had an OHL championship and he also won the Calder Cup. He'll be a sad loss, a character who has been fantastic for us here at A View from the Bridge as well, the times he's appeared in, but also a guy who has been phenomenal on the D-line for the Belfast Giants, Joe. Yeah, I come. I'm I, uh, a, a bit of a mixed bag. I'm gutted for him. Uh, you know, it's it's always uh, difficult when a player can't leave the game on their terms. You know, whenever it's an enforced uh, retirement, uh, but I guess they'll always carry sort of uh, things that they wanted to do or, or being able to, to kind of go out at, on your own terms. But at the same time, um, I think there's a bright future for Rainer. I think he's someone that we've seen personally develop since he arrived here. Um, I think he's coming out of his time in Belfast and his experiences through the pandemic, where he was he was out in the middle of nowhere in Canada, laying roads with a crew of boys. And um, I think what you're seeing is is a much more uh, wise, self aware, mature, uh, considerate person who I think has a lot to give away from from playing professional hockey. Um, the the flip side to that is that he's had a career that a lot of guys can only dream of. You know it. Uh, the the trophies that he's lifted, the the teams that he's played for, the the locker rooms that he shared with guys. I mean, he he played with Paul Bissonnette uh, in I think the Manchester Monarchs team that won the AHL um, mm -hmm. of, of Chiglitz fame. So he's had a fantastic career and, and he's made an impression everywhere he's went. I, I remember uh, me me and my wife went to see the Florida Everblades uh, around 2018, 2019, whenever Rainer was in his second year here. Um, that arena two years later was still full of rain jerseys and he only spent half a season there. <laughs> like He's one of these players that, that has an impact wherever he goes and, and I'm obviously going to talk him up because he's my big mate. Like, um, But uh, I'm, sad, I'm sad that it's that it's maybe happened the way it has, but I also think that he's absolutely loaded with potential to make a difference and, and to to have a, a very fulfilling life in, in what comes next. And, and that's all you can really hope for uh, when you leave the game behind. David, you know, a player who has his success, it, it doesn't come by fluke. It comes by hard work and it comes through talent. And that's something that Kevin had. And as, 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 as Joel said, you know, you look at the, the teams that he's played for, the success he had. He captained the, he captained the Sudbury Wolves. And in that team, I watched Dominic. I watched Dominic Kubalik score two goals for the uh, Detroit Red Wings the other night against Buffalo. He was in. He was uh, Kevin Ryan was his captain at Sudbury. You talk about uh, facts at at um, 
at uh, Dallas Stars. Kevin Bo Horvat, didn't he? Huh? I think he played with Bo Horvat around that time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you well. know, and, and you know, Kevin Rain not only was a talented player, but he's a successful player, and that's because of the work, the hard work that he put into his game. Yes, and I think I would echo, um, first of all, what Joel said there at the very start. It's hard, uh, probably, for, for Kevin to go out not on his own terms. Uh, okay, he's going out to an extent on his own terms, but not to be able to go out and skate off, um, you know, and, and wave to everybody and say, that's it, I'm, I'm calling it a career. Um, to be kind of half robbed of that by injury, I can, I can empathize with that because how hard, it would be if I couldn't play sport anymore. Um, so for that, you know, that's a sad one for him. I also agree with Joel that, you know, he's obviously got his business interests that they, he's got set up over the last number of years with his his um, the stuff he does off the ice with mental health and stuff. And like, all you can all you can do is, is wish him good luck with that. Um, it does seem to be something that he's very passionate about. You see him um, very visible on on social media with that kind of stuff. So you know whether it's mentoring or, or whatever it is that he wants to go into there. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a success for him. It's disappointing for him that he's no longer a Belfast giant. He was a guy that literally, you know, led his body on the line for the club at times with, with the hits and the blocks, you know, we would, would talk about, you know, the hits and the blocks that were kind of the little stats team. And, you know, that he consistently was on the tops of those charts right until his retirement. And on, unfortunately for him, it, it's no longer so that was part of his game was was to to put his, his 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 body on the line for the team and he did it so often won a lot in belfast won a lot before he came here has a lot of fans on and off the ice for what he does and um he'll be somebody that will certainly miss having around belfast i i think he's his, his future probably not for me to say i have no idea what his, where his future lies but probably back in the in the true north you know in the in the great white north there and uh north america somewhere in canada but um you know we wish him well um i'm sure we'll have him on the podcast before he he manages to get out of northern ireland so uh but just like great career thanks for coming kind of thing you know it's it's been it's been great he leaves as a three-time challenge cup champion a two-time elite league champion and a one-time ehl player of the week winner so you know well done that how many conferences <laughs> any any avft no avft I need to get my spreadsheet up. Conferences, AVFTB Player of the Month, the, the real awards that, that you put on the mantelpiece when you're done. It's, it's the uh, I'll check that out. I'll check that I do. But listen, I, I echo what you two gentlemen say. It's the fact it's sad at the way that this has come to an end that he's been robbed of that sort of that on his own terms. I agree with you, Davy. The idea of not being able to do sport in any sort of do actually, I would balloon. I would just if I'd be able to. You know, it's but it's being uh, it's uh, there's nothing stopping you doing it. You're just choosing not to do it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. A cautionary tale, Patrick. As long as you're telling it. But but it's a but yeah, and 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 you know, there's so many highlights I think of, of Kevin Ray, and you know, we 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 made a joke. We had a model. We made a joke about you know, in putting his nuts on the line against Sheffield and and, and the things that happened there, and the story behind that is phenomenal. I encourage you to go to his blog and read that story if you haven't. It's it's amazing. I agree. If Campbell Porter watching Australia said that me and him can only dream of the hair flicks like Rainer, <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. Um, but yeah, we, we he goes with absolutely our best wishes. Hopefully, we'll get a, a bit of a chat with him before he goes. But um, uh, it is it is disappointing from our point of view as fans of the Belfast Giants not to see that 
Number 22 was Rian go back out on the ice in tail, and he goes with our absolute best wishes. Right, um, three games to talk about. Uh, well, sorry, three games ahead uh, for the Belfast Giants. That is Wednesday night. If you're watching this live tomorrow night at the SSE Arena, it's the Challenge Cup game against the Nottingham Panthers. We are one goal down going into this game at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. And then the two games against the Dundee Stars home on Friday at 7 p.m. and away on Saturday at the DIA at 7 p.m. I'm only just going to have a quick question about the game tomorrow night. Um, Davey, we've had many opportunities where we've been one goal down against the Nottingham Panthers, many opportunities in this sort of thing against the Nottingham Panthers where we've actually went away from home and come up short, but this is not an unsurmountable uh, scoreline for the Belfast Giants. No, and I'm not going to come out with the Neil Russell book of cliches, and I don't mean that. Foot on Yeah, but <laughs> we do have to come out and stick to the structure. Josh Roach talked about it when he was on there, you know, you go out. The first goal in this game is is super important because if you don't get it, it's it's uh, you know you're it's a longer way back and it, you got to change the way you play the game. Um, so I, I don't really want to talk about the game too much, other than we have to come out to that, you know, strong start, be good, sign defensively. Then I'll just go through all the cliches: be signed defensively, you know, get the uh, opportunities, get people in front of the bow and nets. And but, uh, so 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 rather than go through those cliches between yourself and Joel, you know, surely. Okay, we, let's not go all the way back to the storm game thing. But after that, the 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 role that the Giants have been on surely gives you optimism going into tomorrow's game. Oh, I've, I believe this team can win every period. I believe this team can win every shift. I'm I'm all in on this team. Like I think we're strong, yep. top to bottom. Um, we've got goaltending. We're really strong defensively. We're good going blue to red. We're good into the offensive zone. We're very good at keeping it in the offensive zone. Um. Our, our our risks, I guess, are odd man rushes and turnovers from being slightly too offensive at times. But this tomorrow night's uh, it's winner takes all tomorrow night. You know, it's it, it really is. There's no second chances after tomorrow night in the league. You get away with dropping the game tomorrow night. You drop the game, you're out of the cup. So it's you know we're not they'll not even be thinking about the weekend at this stage. Everything that has built so far for the Giants season is all on the line tomorrow night. <laughs> Nottingham have lost three of the last four games coming into this, Joe. Um, your optimism? Yeah, we talked earlier about momentum and that Christmas period. Uh, I, I certainly think is a momentum builder. There's confidence in the way that team's playing the game right now. Um, the, I'm not going to add a great deal more here. The bottom line is that you can overturn a one-goal deficit in the first 10 seconds of the game or less. You know, you, you've seen it happen. Um, that's a level playing field, and that's a big home game on a level playing field very quickly if the Giants get their start right. No reason why we can't. And I know that uh, obviously we were talking about the crowd earlier. I've had friends of mine who don't normally go to the hockey who have been asking, you know, about tickets. And they were asking before Christmas, you know, well, this game on the fourth, you know, is it worth going to? And blah, blah, blah. And the answer is always yes. But yeah. it looks pretty. But I'm, but I'm seeing people who are, let's say, outside of our little niche hockey sphere in Belfast who are, who have their, their eyebrows up for this game and they, and they will be attending. So hopefully another big crowd and a, hopefully a successful game. That's Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at the SSE Arena get yourself down there and if not of course mr kitchen will take you through the game on giants tv and then the two games following that are home to dundee stars on friday at 7 p.m and away to the dundee stars in the dia at 7 p.m you can get that on stars tv any other business no if we wrap this show i can go and watch the end of the darts so Big thanks to everybody. We've had really great numbers in the show. Big thanks to the people watching live when the, when there's a big darts final going on. If that's, if that's where we're going, if that's where we're going to leave it, a big thanks to Tyler Beskarowani and a big thanks to Josh Roach. No, Jimmy's watching it, buddy. No, Jimmy's watching it. 
My Will Smith, if you're not watching live, is if he wins this leg, he wins the world championship, and he's thrown six perfect darts so far. So we're going for a nine. I'm sitting here. I'm going for a Let's nine. Right, so nah, said, Let's wrap this up. Nah, don't worry about it. He missed it. <laughs> he missed it. All right. Okay. The, um, a big thanks to you, Tyler Beskarani and to Joshua for joining us live. Um, big thanks to uh, you, gentlemen, for joining us. Thanks for setting up the, uh, the, the the goals and stuff like that, Davey. Uh, big thanks to everybody who's been watching in live. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for putting up with us after a week off. Um, you can get us at Twitter, Facebook, uh, on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and um, all your normal podcast providers. We are going to run out the show with... Um, a video that was run at the SSE Arena just the other day, remembering the people who were lost in the last year. Uh, a lot of people within our own our own community, regards to the Belfast Giants, people who will be very, very sadly missed. And with that, uh, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on A View From The Bridge. Please put your hands together and applause and turn your attention to the big screens as we remember and celebrate the lives of those members of the Teen Army who sadly passed away in 2022. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.